Welcome to Focused on Christ, a podcast dedicated to the exaltation of Jesus through thoughtful discussions about God's Word, including its practical application to our lives. In short, this podcast is about exalting Christ and equipping the church. To help lead our discussion is Nathan Smith, Senior Pastor at Heritage Baptist Church. Nathan, welcome once again. Thank you, Mike. And I'm Mike Crump, Pastor of Church Communications here at Heritage as well. Now, in our last episode, we talked about the importance of focusing on Christ, kind of giving the general idea of why we're doing what we are doing here on this podcast. But we ended the discussion with a question about how do we focus on Jesus? And one of the key ones and key answers to that question is our topic for today, which is studying the Bible. Um, it seems like a very basic thing, but, um, but Nathan, you would probably be able to attest to this, that biblical illiteracy is actually a very real thing in our day and age. I think that not only biblical literacy, but the literacy that does exist oftentimes uh, we bring um, baggage into it, mm, um, yeah. preconceptions and understandings of what Scripture is saying or doesn't say, informed by tradition, personal experiences. So even the knowledge of the Scripture that we do have is uh, frequently uh, distorted by our own past and experiences. Mm-hmm. So studying the Scriptures, understanding it, organizing it around the person of Christ, uh, just a critical discipline that must be <laughs> done over and over again, oh, yeah. week yeah. by week, day by day. Why do you think so many people are either are, are adverse to spending time in, in the Bible or just maybe don't make it a priority? Oh, well, th- that's a loaded question, probably with m- many different answers. I would say one of the first ones, frankly, is just the acknowledgement that our the war within our flesh, if you're a believer, mm-hmm. there's a war, Romans 7, raging um, over what you know you want to do and need to do yeah, and, yeah. and obedience, and the flesh that says, I don't want this. It doesn't want to be exposed. It doesn't want truth to be spoken into its uh, in, into its life. And so we are naturally revulsing or pulling away from mm-hmm. uh, Scripture. And then on top of that, uh, there is this warfare that's going on behind the scenes where the demonic, the enemy, um, ceases, seeks to distract us, to discourage yeah. us. There's a lot of things that pull us away from wanting to spend time with Christ. That's a good point, and I'm glad you mentioned it, because I think those who are listening right now understand that everyone has experienced that battle. You're not alone in that. I think sometimes we can say, well, they spend so much time in the Word, and but they're not seeing the battle behind the scenes that exactly. is very real, Exactly. Um, because things happen, you get distracted, you personally just aren't feeling it that day. I mean, sin, laziness, whatever it is, all those kind of things can creep in, and we have to be guarded against those. So hopefully in our discussion today, we will encourage and even inspire desire and a hunger and a thirst for the Word of God as we look at the reasoning for doing it. So our, our big question today, our key question is, why is it important to study the Bible? Why is it important to study the Bible? So if somebody comes up and says, Nathan, why is it important that I spend so much time in God's Word? What would be your first response to that? Uh, my first response is that in the Bible, in the Scriptures, you're going to find revelation and Word from God that you will find nowhere else in the universe. Uh, that's pretty much a, a summary of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
in that the Bible describes who God is, how we can be reconciled to God through his son, Jesus Christ. And those things are not found in, in nature. Yeah. They're not found in the study of the arts and the sciences. I believe in them, th- those studies and arts. Yeah. I think they contribute to our understanding of creation and beauty. But you cannot get the understanding of a holy God and the person of Jesus Christ by staring into a flower. You just yeah. <laughs> can't do it. And so the Bible is special revelation yeah. that you can't find anywhere else. So you got to read it because you will find that information in no other place. And I think that's so important in a day and age when we uh, have really the common vernacular now is my truth. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yes. like everybody has their own discernible truth that is found within the inner being or through creation, as you mentioned. Um, and so, as followers of Christ, we're not followers of Christ because we just thought that may be a good idea, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was walking down Quite the street. The opposite, yeah. actually. <laughs> it's like, no, we, yeah. we, we came to faith by the Word of God, through the means of God's Word, because um, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It has been given a place of priority and importance in God's world and that He's created, so therefore we heed it, and we learn it, and we study it. Yes, and sometimes when people say, why should I read the Bible? Um, sometimes we jump also to the, here's what the Bible's going to do for you. Yeah. It's going to heal your marriage. Yeah. Um, it's going to help you with A, B, and C. Um, if you follow and do these things, then your griefs and sorrows are going to go away, and we use it as a tool for a specific means. Yeah. Now, it is very important to understand that in their right understanding, mm-hmm. the Bible does speak to those things. Yeah. But why should I read the Bible? Because the God of heaven has spoken. He has spoken through his word, the scriptures, to reveal the Son, Jesus Christ, and we only find that information there. And when we understand what the Bible says, it changes everything. The Bible changes our eternal destiny. Mm. It also reconciles us or gives us the, the, the knowledge to be reconciled to God. So why read the Bible? Um... There is nothing more eternally significant than you can do than to spend time understanding who God is and what he has done for you, and you're only going to find that in the Bible. So it brings understanding. It helps us know who God is, who we are, yes, and who Christ is, and how we can respond to him. So we have clarity of understanding for really all of existence. Yes. And who we are, identity, all those things. For the believer who asks that question, I think it goes to a, a, and a the importance of abiding. And we, we talk about this in, in Christian circles, the, the importance of abiding in Christ. John 15 speaks of this Jesus saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And he continues on, and I, I just want to unpack this a little bit because I think it's significant for our discussion. He says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, how do we know commandments? Through God's Word. Through God's Word. You will abide in my love. And then we see him further in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and Mm. that your joy may be full. So here we see that abiding connects us, is, is connecting through the Word to Christ, 
that we may know him who is the living word, and so that we may glorify God, bear fruit, prove out our faith, and really experience the joy and the love of Christ. Uh, Yeah, verse 11, it ends with that focus of these things have I spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And when I think about that, all of us are concerned with our happiness. Yeah. Right? We, we begin every day, what is what, what, what is going to make me happy today? Mm-hmm. What's going to make me happy tomorrow? What's going to make me happy for this life? And ultimately, we should all be asking, what's going to make me happy for all of eternity? Yeah. So we shouldn't maybe begin here with what is going to make me happy, therefore I should read the Bible. But if we understand that God actually is concerned with your happiness... <laughs> what? He is concerned with your with your really? joy. Yes, and he's, he's concerned with He's not up there with a stick waiting to hit me for stuff I've done? Uh, you know, that is such a misconception that if God wanted to hit us with a stick, he would never have given us the word. He would never have crucified his son on the cross. Now, I'm going to stop you there because that is such an important statement. If God was just about retribution and judgment, he wouldn't even bother sending his word. Absolutely. Because his word provides illumination, understanding, and the opportunity to understand his grace. And if he were all about just wrath, then he wouldn't send it. If not only would he not give us the word, not only would he not send us his son, if in fact God was not compassionate and gracious, existence would not exist. Mm. He would just exterminate us like the termites that have infested his creation. Yeah. That is what, frankly, we deserve in one sense, yeah. of course. Um, but the very nature, the, the very fact that the sun has risen today, mm. and if he tarries his coming, will rise tomorrow, is ongoing evidence of God's unbelievable compassion, grace, kindness, patience, mm. in order to invite people in to experience true happiness, true joy. Yeah. So going back to that question, God is concerned with our happiness and joy. Here's the problem. God and us define joy very differently. Yes. Uh, I actually talked about this in a sermon a few weeks ago, that uh, the problem is, is that you and I define joy and happiness by the, the material items that we accumulate, by how well our kids do in school, or if they caught so many touchdowns at practice yesterday mm-hmm, or at mm-hmm. the game on Saturday. Um, that's how we define joy and happiness. But you see, God defines joy and happiness as an outflow of a relationship with Him and reconciliation with His Son, and the knowledge of that joy only comes through reading His Word, by which we have that understanding. So God is concerned about our joy. He just knows what we really need Mm. to truly be happy for all of eternity. And in one way, Christ the guardian of our salvation, who accomplished it and guards our salvation, one of the ways that we, if you will, focus on Christ is that we understand him to be the eternal guardian of our eternal joy, which springs eternally from him. Mm. Therefore, the only way to be eternally happy is to eternally enjoy and focus on Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And how do we know all this? Is this Nathan just... uh you know, making things uh, up on the spot? Yeah, great question. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, yeah. and the Word was God, and we find that through the Word came grace yeah. and truth. Grace yeah. and truth. And all of these things, that there is, and, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, Nathan, is that there have been times in my life 
whether preparing for teaching, whether just studying devotionally, whatever it may be, where I am overwhelmed with the truth of God's Word. I remember one time I, I, was, I was studying to teach, and I was in the kitchen, and all of a sudden I just expressed very boldly out loud, just kind of a, just like <laughs> celebratory, because it was just like so glorious, His Word. Yes. Um, but if we're not in His Word, yes. and we're not spending that time in there, we miss out on... Yes just the joys that come from understanding God all the more. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking as my vocation is that of preacher and pastor. Yeah. And I remember going to a conference, and um, as a particular aspect of the conference, they were marketing to preachers how they would never have to study God's Word. They have this curriculum and PowerPoints and notes and sermon notes all ready to go, and it was marketed like you will have to spend less than an hour, maybe only 30 minutes a week in the preparation of your sermons. Wow. So you can focus on that, which, get this, really matters. Wow. First of all, I felt sick. Yeah. Second of all, I just felt tremendous sadness mm. because one of the things of reading God's Word, even as a guy who vocationally organizes life around understanding it, reading it, and teaching it, um, when I get up a Sunday morning, and I start tearing up, and then I have to blow snot over this microphone in front of everybody, and it's so annoying. But, you know, part of it is just simply God's Word, by interacting with it and yeah. spending time with it, I'm not just giving a lesson. I'm giving something that, that has touched my heart and impacted my own soul mm -hmm. and has shaped my own worldview. It boggles my mind why a preacher would shortchange that. And if the preacher shortchanges that and doesn't see and doesn't exemplify the living power of God's Word in their life and in their teaching, then why would anybody in the church think anything different? Yeah. Um, people think, oh, let's get to what really matters. Let's shortchange the yeah. time and the Word to get to what's really important, yeah. which is horrifically saddening. And man, there are those moments like you just described where you're interacting with God's Word, and you may have read the same passage 50 times. But then in a moment of just divine revelation, if you will, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit opens up our heart and minds, and we see something, and we're just brought to worship. Yeah, You can only worship well if you read God's Word. Yeah, yeah, because it's connected to what is true. Yes. And it is it is the true things of, of God and of Christ that truly... I mean, the, when we sing the songs, yes, melodies are great, the music, crescendo, love, all, all that's perfect, fine. But it's the truth that we are singing and the reality of this Christ who we love. That is what brings about that response, if you will. Well, 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 Christianity doesn't hold the market on being able to mo move emotions. Yep. Go to a political ra rally, go to any religious gathering, and our emotions can be manipulated yep. and even inspired. But when we have the very words of God spoken in beautiful, transcendent truth, and then you combine that with worship that mm -hmm. is glorious oh, yeah. um, and song that is glorious. It moves the heart and the soul like nothing else can. It does. But it all begins with the Word of God. It does begin with the Word of God. Another aspect I want to hit real quick when it comes to God's Word is the importance of God's Word for our maturity. Um, you know, it is there for us to understand who God is. It is also there for us to understand how we are to live um, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good 
work. We see here that the Scripture has a has the ability to bring about maturity and completion in our own life as we live out the gospel life, if you will. Um, and so it's it's not just a means of understanding the Lord in a gospel sense, responding to that, but also in growing in maturity. So it is so important to understand that the Holy Spirit has chosen the avenue of the Word of God through which to pour out his transforming power. Mm. So the Holy Spirit can operate in any way he chooses because he is God, Mm -hmm. and he's operating on behalf of the Son at the will of the Father. But it is the Word of God that God has chosen to be the means that shapes us and matures us. Mm. You can say that staring at a sunset in Utah, Moab, or the Grand Canyon has just moved you deeply spiritually. And you know what? In some sense, I don't doubt that. Yeah. You see that, and you see the, you're reminded how big God is and how yeah. small we are. The important thing to note, that though God may use that moment in some ways, in the right way, hopefully, yeah. it is through the Word of God, through specifically the Scriptures, that God has ordained and chosen to be the primary instrument that shapes our souls, our minds, and our relationships. Therefore, to neglect it is to neglect what God has chosen, mm. at the worst, to determine that you think something else is better, mm. which I think that's also extremely dangerous. Yes, yes, for sure. And I think the danger is knowing God's Word helps keep us from error in that, for, for instance, you know, I go to the Grand Canyon and I, I see inspiration, but then I'm inspired to walk in sin now, I'm not sure how that would work. I see a sunset, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go burn stuff. I don't know how that yeah. works, but... <laughs> We're but, looking at two different sunsets. I know. Oh, my goodness. But if I don't filter that through God's Word and understand that, yes, I may be moving in this direction, but God's Word helps gives me parameters for my life and righteousness and holiness and worship, if I don't have that then I am really left to my own devices, which tend to lean towards... No, don't tend. They do lean towards sin and unrighteousness. And so um, that's why it's, again, that reproof and that correction, all those things. reproof, sometimes it corrects, sometimes it encourages, sometimes it reshapes, sometimes it redirects, sometimes... I mean, the Word of God is the mold that shapes our worldview. And without the Word of God, it's like... you've ever seen like a mold being poured, mm-hmm. either a metallic mold, if you don't have the mold and you dump the stuff in there, it just spreads out all over the table and creates a mess. Yeah. And what the problem is today is that many people are trying to pour out their worldview, develop their worldview, and there's no mold. Mm. So their worldview and their thinking about life just spills Everywhere. out all over the table and creates a huge mess that really everybody else has to work to clean up. Yeah. The Word of God is the divine appointed mold that shapes and defines what brings God glory. Amen. And if you don't filter it through that, you'll just be a mess. All right, so let's get practical real quick. How do we go about studying the Word of God? Now, this can be answered so many different ways. Um, obviously, reading plans and things of that nature. I'm a big journal journaler. I love journaling because writing helps me to process and understand 
um, group studies and things like that. You just came from helping teach uh, the Anna group, which is helping women to teach and understand how to approach the scriptures. Yes. Um, so those kind of things. What would you say to the person who says, hey, I'm really wanting to understand how I study the Word? Uh, basics is just this. Get up and do it. Mm. I mean, just number one is just get up and do it. Yeah. I was talking with a, a college student a couple of weeks ago, and he had all these big theological questions that he was wrestling with. And my question back to him was, do you read God's Word daily? He said, you know what? I don't. Um, I said, how many times a week? Well, two or three times a week. I said, before you start thinking through the grandiose schemas of theology, yeah. you just need to master the basics. Mm. You need to do the, this is a football, yeah. <laughs> for those football fans, <laughs> or you just need to get up and get out of bed and make the bed. In other words, just get up mm. and read God's Word. If you just read the Word of God and you just become familiar with it, that in and of itself puts you so far ahead of the game. There's no secrets yeah. of, of scriptural study. There are some things that can help in deeper understanding mm-hmm. or richer ability to communicate it. But there is no substitute to studying God's Word than just reading it daily, a verse at a time, a chapter at a time, yeah. a thought at a time. Maybe it's a chapter and a half because the story goes over one or two chapters. Yeah, You just need to read God's Word and sit under good teaching of God's Word. Mm. Between those two things, my goodness, there are few substitutes. Amen. Amen. Well, Nathan, thank you so very much. Uh, hopefully that was an encouragement to all those who are listening. I, I do agree with you. I think being in the Word just as that consistency, reading, 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 and uh, trusting that the Lord is going to work through His Word. Yes. Which He promises Amen. to do. Well, thank you again for joining us here at Focused on Christ. Uh, join us for future episodes as we continue to place our eyes on Jesus. Jesus.